Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Before we get to today's topic, read more about today's episode on the Cvent blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And of course, we love hearing from you. So email us at podcast at cvent.com. That's right. And today's episode is focused on crisis management or duty of care and what that difference is between the two. Yeah, we talked to our internal expert, Stephanie McNamara, about changes that she's seen with regards to duty of care over the past years. She talks to us about what planners can do before, during, and even after an event to make sure they have a solid crisis management plan. Yep. So let's hear more from Stephanie. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me, Brooke and Cody. I really enjoy what you all have been doing here. Oh, thank Thank you. you. Well, let's just start with something easy. Let's get a little bit of your background. Just tell us kind of what your background is from the event planner side of things. I actually have to think all the way back to 1998. Some of you probably listening weren't even alive in 1998. Um, But that's actually when I kicked off my career in hospitality, meetings, and events industry. Um, In the early 2000s, I worked for a company uh, internally as a corporate meeting planner. And our focus was kind of cool. We were doing investor meetings for emerging medical devices and diagnostics. So a lot of things that were cutting edge at the time, we were bringing those investors to those small companies and trying to get them funded so that they could change the way that medicine is practiced. And I see a lot of those things in use today. Ultimately, it's always kind of fun connecting the dots. That led me uh, to actually go to work for a third-party planning company as opposed to working internally as a corporate meeting planner. And I entered doing really meetings for the pharmaceutical industry. So during that time, I spent better part of the next 10 years doing about 15 to 40 meetings a year. Um, During that time, I would do really varied in size and the types of meetings that I was doing. So anything from small advisory boards, around 25 people, to large product launches of 3,000 people. And my favorite always was any high-end incentive trip that we could do on an annual basis to really reward those top performers. Well, yeah, because you get to go on the incentive trip too, right? Of course. I, I always seem to be in. I always seem to be available in April in a wonderful Caribbean destination. So. <laughs> well, we've talked to plenty of incentive trip planners, and it sounds like it is a ton of hard work. Although everybody that just thinks it's a vacation. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm officially jealous, but you know, I hear this term all the time. It's a duty of care. Can you just tell our listeners what is duty of care? So, you know, I really look at duty of care and really simply stated, it's going to be around the company's obligation to protect employees, travelers, any of their meeting participants that they have participating in an upcoming meeting or event. And, you know, company itself can be extended to association or organization as well. See, you hear duty of care. I always hear crisis management. What's the difference between the two? You know, really, I look at crisis management really kicking into gear underneath the scope of duty of care. So with crisis management, I always think about it as that event that ends up causing disruption to an attendee's focus during a meeting. And what is kind of interesting about this too, is it could actually be at that meeting location, or it could be something away from the meeting location that is going to disrupt from those goals and objectives and the purpose of the overall meeting. 
And I think these can include a lot of different things, you know, anything, some of the more natural ones that are obvious ones from the crisis management perspective are going to be natural disasters where you have your hurricanes, your tornadoes, et cetera. But then there's also things like a medical emergency, a sickness outbreak, you always hear about flu, et cetera. But then, you know, the list does kind of go on. So you have the protests, you have terrorism, and then there are different things like your everyday power outage and how that turns into a crisis during the course of a meeting. So true. And we know planners are amazing humans, but they cannot stop a hurricane, right? So what (laughs) role do these planners play with regards to duty of care or that crisis management? A planner is not stopping a hurricane, that is for sure. I think what it comes down to is planners do think of everything. They, by trade, are designed to be able to identify risk and really determine, hey, is this something that I can manage through or is it something that we need to avoid altogether? And the beauty about a planner is they understand the companies and the stakeholders that they are working for. And they can really sit down and really pull together logistically all of the resources that they have available to them to respond as necessary and to really just insert crisis. So I imagine that once a crisis is happening, I mean, it's way too late to think about it. So what can you do as a planner before an event to really prepare for a crisis? I think the most important thing with crisis planning is to start very early. Uh, And with that, it is as early as the RFP process, gathering information from the different properties that you are selecting. Also really taking into consideration and leveraging site visits to understand where properties are located, potential risk that could be out there. I think it's always interesting too, to think about what else is happening in either at that location or in that city during the time your group is there. So that always gives you a good idea. You might have a very straightforward, harmless meeting and find out that there is something very different being organized across town. Uh, and that can really have an impact on your, your meeting goals and objectives. That makes complete sense. I mean, you, you mentioned that there's different RFPs for different um, locations you need to consider. Does that mean that you need to have a, a new crisis management plan for each event? You do. Uh, I think it is really important when you start looking at the development of the plan itself, it's really digging in and there's going to be some specific information about the venue. So the good thing is you can really leverage information from the hotel to get to a point where you are confirming those things, such as rally points, hospitals, nearby pharmacies, security that's available. All of that can be really uplifted from one event to the next event if you're at the same location. Uh, Obviously, a confirmation process involved. However, when you're really looking at the individual events, you really need to take a look because your attendees are changing, perhaps your contacts that you need to engage during the event of a crisis, that could be changing. So all of those pieces do need to be evaluated each and every time. And I like what you said too, you have to look at the location. For example, Cody and I just came back from New Orleans and I can ima- and the last time I was in New Orleans was for an event actually. And I can imagine that that event crisis plan normal day is going to be much different than if it's in the middle of Mardi Gras, for example. So like just being aware of what's happening in the location and 
the type of event you're having. And then the event happens and I'm sure things still pop up that you can't even anticipate. So has there been anything you've experienced that um, maybe you didn't prepare for or anything experienced that you were like, I am so glad I put in the time to prepare for this ahead of time? Yeah, we've always had, I've had, I've pretty much had it all. Um, I have everything from power outages, which are never very lovely to go through with a large number of attendees. Uh, I remember thinking, you know, this was years ago when not everyone had cell phones with flashlights in them. So this is something that's dramatically improved. But you do really start to think about, okay, what, what kind of items do we keep in our planner kits that we keep things that are available? You know, I have had the opportunity of having a team working an event on an island during an incentive trip, uh, actually in the fall, so during hurricane season. And it was one of those things. You see it coming. You know um, that you're going to have to make some adjustments along the way. Um, And it's always, that's where the communication plan really comes into play. And I think the number one thing you do is make sure you have clearly identified who that number one decision maker is. Um, And that way, as we're going through, you know, do we need to pull everyone out? Do we need to go home? You have that person identified up front that can make that decision. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'm just thinking about the power outage, like you said, like how horrible would that be at an event to just have the power completely go out? Um, And it seems like it's kind of unpredictable too sometimes, but I mean, is it really unpredictable? Like what do you do after an event to review the crisis management process? I think every event you should review the crisis management plan. And I also think planners should do a better job of saying we had it in place, even if we didn't have to use it. Right. So there, there's a lot of power there to demonstrating the value of saying we were prepared. I think if in the event you did have to implement a crisis management plan, it's so important to ask yourself, did the plan work? Were there any breakdown points? And then secondly, you know, were there were there templates or different communications that we used as part of our template that we need to adjust for future meetings so that other people can learn from our mistakes? Good point. Okay, you've been a planner for many years. Now you work with us at Cvent and you're immersed in all of this event technology. I have to imagine along your way at Cvent, you've thought to yourself, you know, that would be really good tech to help with something like crisis management. So I'm so curious to hear your perspective about what role you think technology does play with crisis management or duty of care. Oh, completely. I mean, I have now been with Cvent for seven years, really looking at what all of our best-in-class enterprise customers are doing in their meetings programs. And I can tell you, I'm sitting here today saying, I wish 15 years ago, I would have had this level of technology available to actually apply in my meetings and events. I think there are a couple of really quick hits that come out of what we're offering to our customers from our technology. The easiest point of entry that I see is the ability to see in your organization quickly where any event is taking place, the pure location. So if I am responsible for global security at any company and I find out that there is a hurricane hitting Miami, I know exactly who, I know exactly which meetings were taking place there, the key contacts, as well as the attendees. 
So, you know, looking also in terms of your attendees, uh, if you have a major disruption where just this past week we saw an airline go out of business in, over in Europe, you take a look at that and think, okay, I had 500 people coming to my meeting in which I am running this trade show that I am expecting all of this flow. How am I going to help get those attendees here to make sure things are a success? So sometimes you have opportunities that are, you can figure out a way to do that, but that's where the technology can really come in handy to know how many people are going to be affected. See, I thought you were going to tell me the mobile app push notifications for that, like at the moment, getting everybody to one place. But I really like your answer that it's bigger picture, just seeing all the different programs that are happening and being able to pinpoint where they are at a point in time. Oh, Brooke, I cannot downplay how much of a game changer Crowd Compass would be for the attendee experience when it comes to crisis management. You're exactly right. Notifications. I mean, there were so many nights as a meeting planner on site, I spent time pushing notes underneath a door, letting people know that we now need to meet in the lobby at 7 a.m., right? So it's little things like that that go such a long way. And Crowd Compass, I think. Quite honestly, I'm looking at Crowd Compass. One of the greatest things I think we could do is really start using Crowd Compass more as a planner tool as well as the attendee tool. And what I mean by the planner tool is really helping allow planners to have all of that crisis management communication information held within the app. And that puts everything in everyone's hand versus binders sitting in the staff office. Oh, yeah. You're never going to find a binder in the hurricane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love hearing about how technology is really helping out with this. I mean, how have you seen crisis management or like duty of care change over the past 10 years, like outside of technology? I, I think the biggest thing is just as an industry, we've improved our preparedness across the board with all vendors and stakeholders. I think everyone generally is of the mindset. It's no longer if, it is when. and you know, while no one enjoys planning for a crisis, it is just so helpful to know that you were ready, that you were prepared, and that you really had everything in mind to be able to provide and take care for your attendees, whether they are your employees or your customers, and making sure that you are looking out for their best interest. What resources are out there that our audience would or could look at to learn more about this topic? couple of things that come to mind here. I, I am a board member for my local MPI chapter. They have wonderful resources uh, as part of MPI to actually do educational sessions that are live or on demand. And I also recommend the Events Industry Council website. They have a lot of information as well that's available to planners. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Is there anything else that you can think of that our listeners should know about you know, duty of care or crisis management? No other additional thoughts today other than it really is in the planning. And quite honestly, the more you can template and be confident in your approach, you should really be able to just insert the crisis and your crisis plan should work each and every time. Great advice. I love that. Thank you so much, Stephanie. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. You know, I've always been so curious about how event planners plan for those disasters that you don't even know are going to happen. It was really interesting hearing Stephanie's perspective on duty of care. I know. She had some really good tips that I'm sure our audience can take and use right away. In fact, tell us what you thought. 
You can tweet to us through the Cvent handle, at Cvent, or comment on the Cvent Facebook page. Now, we want to hear what you want to learn more about, so email us at podcast at cvent.com and tell us what topics you want us to explore. Or, if you are an expert, let us know and we can have you on the podcast. So, see you next week uh, for another great podcast. See you then.